Hey folks, do you like podcasts? Do you have hobbies? Well, here's the show for you. The Hobby Shop Talk Podcast. Featuring childhood friends and old school noobs, Luke and Matt. everyone this is matt and this is the hobby shop talk podcast and we're on episode 20 and uh i'm joined by luke as always luke how you doing good good just uh been checking up on the new uh new capina previews for magic so it's been yep. pretty cool to see those yeah yeah that i have uh i'm gonna be talking about uh that some things about new capina but also three number ones uh so i'll tell you you'll get that when we get there and also uh we're both going to talk about invincible so uh, it's kind of funny. It's been a bit in between here. So we had talked about, you know, starting Invincible and now we've both finished it. So uh, that yeah. probably says something on our thoughts on it because uh, <laughs> we both finished it pretty quickly. Yeah, I don't think I finished a show that quick. You know, it was only eight episodes, but still it's yeah, yeah. I was like, come on. Is there more? I was like, yeah. oh, crap, it's done. <laughs> uh, so one thing, I, so a couple things we're going to mention. So obviously, uh, I guess I don't know, obviously, because you wouldn't know, but the new format we discussed isn't uh, quite ready. We have the ideas, but uh, the, this episode, I think, is maybe a few days beyond our normal timing, but it's because uh, we're in awesome Minnesota. I am looking out the window now at uh, uh, whiteout, not a whiteout, but it's snowing pretty good here. And, you know, we had 50s recently, and it was felt like spring, there was no snow, and it just keeps going back and forth. Which leads to sickness. <laughs> Luke had uh, strep throat last week. Yeah, we were going to record last week, and then I got sick, and then uh, just like the whole week I was out pretty much after Tuesday. Tuesday night I started it, but yeah, or started getting symptoms, and then I was just out. My son was sick too, so yeah, and now it's at our house. So we started on Sunday, and my daughter has been sick and uh, still is going today. Uh, I wasn't feeling the greatest yesterday, and. It's all, I mean, a big part of it is this weather. I mean, you get 50s and we're outside in a t-shirt and then, you know, it snows and it's like, you know, 30 and then it just keeps going back and forth. But anyways, that, uh, I blame the new world order and the yeah. Illuminati. Like, uh, oh, don't even, okay. So should we bring that up right away? Oh yeah. NWO. Yeah. yeah we got to talk on, about man. the old, my old favorite wrestler. Like growing up, Razor Ramon was out. He's one of my favorites. And, uh, yeah, sadly he passed away. Not. It's been a couple weeks now. Yeah, but it was it was new when shows. we were we were gonna record previously, but yeah, no, he was one of my favorites too. Yeah, back to Razor Ramon and uh, throwing the toothpick. I always loved that. Uh, the Razor's yeah. Edge was one of my favorite moves. I think. Yeah, ever. I used to do that to my little brother uh, AJ actually and his friends, and probably almost hurt them pretty badly. <laughs> but luckily, nothing bad ever happened. But and I. I mean, I was, uh, you know, I was definitely more WWF at the time, but, you know, I watched WCW. I would tape both, and I was big into the Monday Night Wars. And uh, when NWO, I loved the NWO, and uh, uh, when he, Kevin Nash and Scott Hull and uh, and uh, Hogan in the NWO, that was also great. So, yeah. Well, and right when he went to the WWF, or the WCW, and he showed up on Nitro, and he's like, you know who I am. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like yeah, that, yeah. and then that whole thing started. And I remember because we'd I'd watch Raw too. I'd usually be over at Will's house, or sometimes you know if it worked out and we didn't have school the next day, I'd go to your house and we'd watch it. But uh, and then at the end of Raw, Nitro always went like six minutes over, so you'd flip it to Nitro yep. to see what was going on, and it was yeah, that was the best. You know, always something crazy. 
That was a uh, yeah. I loved wrestling back then. That's definitely sure. And I've been again. I've been watching it more now. And there's uh, some crazy things happening. I guess we could talk about that in the later section. Uh, so R.I.P. Though Scott Hall. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other thing, R.I.P. St. Cloud State Huskies in the uh, NCAA hockey tournament. Yeah, uh, I'm numb to that by now, though. I mean, <laughs> yeah. they've been to like 25 of them and got eliminated in the first round. But last year was their year, and they came up short. This year, they had so many returning seniors. We're talking about college hockey, by the way, for those of you that don't oh, know. Yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah. Um, we had a ton of returning players, you know, returning goalie, everything. Thought it was going to be our year. And then we just, this whole year, I mean, even at the end of the year, you just we just dropped in the ranks so far. And, like, they weren't playing. Like, the teams that usually end up winning up, like, get hot at the end of the year, not hot at the beginning of the year. But, like, your man, Cato State Mavericks, they just stayed hot all year. I don't yeah. know why all teams don't do that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what we're <laughs> talking. Yeah, so tomorrow night they play uh, Minnesota Golden Gophers. So, I mean, you can't beat that rivalry. I remember back in college, uh, they had the best chance. Uh, they they would be at Mankato, uh, you know, at our at the our arena, and they'd be chanting uh, "Gopher Rejects" was their chant for the Mavericks. <laughs> uh, and then you know we would always chant uh, something about uh, uh, you know them being spoiled, you know, rich little I don't know. I can't cake recall eaters our... like on yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, Mighty Ducks. They call them the cake eaters, right? Yeah, yep. So I can't remember. It was a pretty good rivalry, and we could never beat them for years. And now it's funny because. St. Cloud State and uh, the Mavericks and UMD really have almost been ahead uh, of the yeah. Gophers, I think, for in Bemidji State even at times, I guess. You know, those are all D1 college hockey here in Minnesota. You got I guess that's one. I'm guessing a lot of people that listen to this are from Minnesota, at least majority, but, you know, there's some from other places. So we like our hockey here. We have to because it's like winter for six months. Uh, More like eight months, you mean? Yeah, like, yeah. It's April and it's still winter. In our wild, I wish I could watch them. Our uh, good friend Brandon down in Florida went to Nashville and then uh, to watch the wild last night. And I just saw this morning they got beat like five or six to two after winning or not losing in the last 10 games. Yeah, they were 9-0-1. And the last time they lost was to the the Predators. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they spanked us last night. But uh... <laughs> uh, So let's go into Magic the Gathering and we're going to uh, start with news. So, uh, Luke, I know you've been... Uh, Checking out new Capena uh, uh, previews slash spoilers. Yeah, so they came out with uh, like three legendary creatures for each of the houses. Because in new Capena, it's kind of like it's like a mafia slash like the I think like the Roaring Twenties, right? Like the bootleggers and nineteen twenties ish. Yeah, that's uh, the, the closest uh, you know to like our reality. You know what I mean? I guess you know that that. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So, like, it's, like, closest to being in our world, almost, with, like, yeah, the Roaring Twenties and, you know. Well, I will say, like, one of the cards that turned me off, like, so in Broker's Ascendancy, which is a good card, it's Bant, so it's uh, green, white, and uh, blue, three mana enchantment. At the beginning of your end step, put a plus one counter on each creature you control and a loyalty counter on each Planeswalker you control. Great card, but there's a cat with a fedora in it, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know. That's not really uh the fantasy art that uh I I look for in my uh playing cards. But yeah. anyways. Yeah. No, I don't uh, that's what threw me off about Kamigawa though initially too, is just the the bikes and the vehicles and you know the futuristic uh setting. So but then you know it kinda did grow on me and I was okay with it. So 
Yeah, I'll be. Yeah. Well, there we'll is see. a. There is a commander that I want to make a sweet or like a token deck now. I like I have a bunch of good token generating cards. Although I don't have like doubling season or I think it's parallel universe where like those are pretty expensive, but they just double the amount of tokens you get. But uh, the the card is uh, Jetmere Nexus of Revels. But uh, so creatures you control get plus one plus oh and have vigilance as long as you control three or more creatures. Oh, and this is Mardu, by the way. So it's a one colorless, red, green, and white. And then it has three different, uh, like, steps almost. So that first one I just said. And then the second one is creatures you control get plus one, plus so, and have trample as long as you have six or more, or you control six or more creatures. And the last one is creatures you control get plus one, plus O oh, and have double strike as long as you control nine or more creatures. Nice. So nice. it's, uh... Get a lot of if you get like nine tokens out, which you could probably do in commander, because I like I see this guy being a pretty sweet commander, you know, and then you lay him out. You know that you could almost end the game if you have nine or more creatures, because all your creatures are gonna get plus three plus oh and then have double strike trample and vigilance. What, what colors was it again? Uh red, green, and white. So just right up so my alley. So white, uh, so I know Brent uh, recently, he, he switched to a new deck with uh, tokens, and uh, I believe that isn't there's a white uh, card that you double the number of tokens, I believe? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so it, uh, not doubling season, it ascension something. I'd have yeah, to look it up. that sounds correct. Anyways, uh, this is, I guess, uh, complete, I'll probably end up forgetting, so I'm just going to mention it. So he had a ton of tokens between Scoot Swarm, some sort of fungus, and uh, anyways, he ended up doing a Meat Hook Massacre and killed us all, sacrificing all his creatures for, like, 40 damage. I so, suppose, anyways. yeah, because you lose a life for each creature that died yeah, with Meat yeah. Hook. Yeah, that card's, like, 50 bucks now. Yeah. I have, yep. I have a copy. I've been wanting to put it in a black and white commander deck that I still don't know who's going to be my commander, but... Anyways. Anyways, I guess I digress. We're talking about new capital. Any others on your end? Otherwise, uh, what I had is uh, Mark Rosewater, uh, and this is on Tumblr. I wish it was uh, Twitter. I was thinking for a minute because I was thinking you could retweet it. Uh, uh, so anything else on your end? But he he gave some teasers, so I'll give those about new capital. Yeah, yeah. Go through those uh, teasers because it kind of just yeah says like what's to come in this new yeah. set, and there's some pretty interesting things. Yeah, so it, uh, and I won't go through them all. And then if, there, if you've seen it, if there's any you want to mention, I'm going to kind of start at the top. So it says, uh, so Mark Rosewater on Tumblr. Had, right, well, uh, first, I will say, one of them, which was my favorite, was it said there's three cards for white that will generate card draw. Nice. And you I'm always, pretty yeah, sure, so. You need that's, more of those. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so I'll go through these. So he mentioned uh, before the official preview season which i just found out uh, also is tomorrow so starting tomorrow preview season starts for new capita the seventh officially April. or what it, we've already got a bunch of cards <laughs> yeah I, I guess i was looking i guess there's a preview season i didn't even know that was a thing but it said it starts april 7th <laughs> uh so he said uh, i thought it would be fun to do another of my duelist style teasers where i give tiny hints of things to come note that i'm only giving you partial information so these are some things to expect. Now I'm starting up at the top. Five mana cost using existing mana symbols that we've never used before. See what that means even. That we've never used before. A spell that costs 
13, I'm assuming colorless, and then two swamps or two black. Wow. And I'm sure it's like, you know, this gets, you know, one less for each creature in your graveyard or something. Yeah, you is. know. So some of these would be just so curious for people, especially that, you know, played a long time just to, to fit, see if they can guess what these are prior. Maybe you can, because you've kind of been in it more. I, I missed some years, but a mechanic we've tried to get in numerous sets. Oh, okay. I was thinking something that didn't work that they're bringing back. A mechanic we've tried to get in numerous sets finally finds a home. I was like, are they bringing back flanking? Yeah, for a minute, I thought they were trying to, <laughs> you know, that they were bringing back something Banding? that didn't work. Uh, a creature type theme for a draft archetype that's never been used before. Creature type theme for a draft archetype that's never been used before. Hmm. Uh, a red creature that can make token copies of creatures you control. That'll be good in that uh, the Jetmere deck that I'm going to make for Commander. If it's red. We'll fit right in. Uh, white, blue, green, red. Yeah, so then a card that adds two white. What's you? Why am I blanking here? Blue. So, so they do blue is, okay. Oh, you, because then cause black. black. Okay, yeah. yeah. For a minute, I was like, what? Okay, so two white, two, oh, so two of each color. So a card that adds two of each color. Uh, a oh, here you go. A mechanic which first premiered in a standard legal set in the 2000s, sees a return to standard. So I wonder if it's like from Stronghold or what else was right around then? That's because that's right when I stopped playing. Not New Phyrexia, is that one? I don't know. Well, I'm going to skip the next one because it's about cat and dog tokens. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to just skip down a couple. Multiple white cards capable of drawing a card each turn. So, so maybe it wasn't three exactly, but... Here's some rules text that will be showing up on cards. Then if you control ten or more creatures, you may play the exiled card without paying its mana cost. Next one. Copy target spell you control that wasn't cast? What? So if maybe... I mean, there's cards that let you play it without, you know... Because if casting it, I think you have to, like, pay the mana. But if, like... Say in your exile deck, you can like do that skewer the critics. Or no, where do you exile the top three cards of your library and you can play them? Is that technically casting them? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's, magic players magic are too nerdy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I'm going to go into, uh, off on a little story. So we had in Minnesota, I was telling these other guys, because we always joke about people taking magic too seriously, because I am the least from that, because I have games upstairs I brought up like yesterday. I could have board wiped twice, and I just didn't because we had somebody else that wanted to play. I didn't feel like board wiping. Anyways, I don't take the game that seriously. I could care less if I win, except for if I'm playing uh, um, modern, because then it's like first, you know, one-on-one -on -one <clears throat> modern, you know, that I'm trying to win. But anyways, remember that uh, there was like 2017, somebody actually attacked another person with like a knife and a hammer near us. Uh, it almost killed them. Over a magic game. You remember that? They actually went to up. our high school. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, we, yeah, we it happened up in, this. uh, yeah. We might have talked about this in one of our first podcasts. I just, yeah, it was craziest story ever. And then he turned himself in, like, oh, maybe yeah, I called. shouldn't have done that. Yeah. So, anyways, some people take it too seriously. Yes. Just reminded me of that. But hopefully the person's okay. And, anyways, again, I digress. Uh, 
copy target spell you control that wasn't cast, I mentioned that, as an additional cost to cast the spell, sacrifice a creature, discard a card, or pay for life. Uh, oh, some of these are boring. When you cast this spell, copy it. This one is uh, tap one of each of the colors, tap the card, sacrifice card name. Where X is the number of permanents you sacrifice this turn. Uh, you may cast any number of the copies without paying their mana cost. Yes, all these are just good. Uh, and then the next goes into uh, some different uh, creature type lines in the set. And I'll just go through these quickly. There's a devil warrior, a raccoon rogue, a bird assassin, a plant dinosaur, an artifact creature that's a treasure dog. Uh, angel warrior artifact creature. And these are legendary creatures. A, a sphinx demon, a cat citizen, a cephalid advisor, and a vampire demon noble. And then, yep. Did you say a syphilis vi vampire? <laughs> a cephalid advisor. <laughs> <laughs> syphilis advisor. Oh, uh, where do you go when you get syphilis? To your advisor. <laughs> And it says, check out the Streets of New Capita debut on April 7th, 9 a.m. Pacific time on Twitch and YouTube. So, yep, uh, tomorrow as of our recording this. Anything uh, besides the one you already mentioned out of everything I mentioned, uh, you know, stick out uh, There's you? a card that, that you'll probably end up playing and, like, having fun doing because so it just looks like the worst card ever. It's called Lord Xander the Collector, and it's four colorless, a blue, a black, and a red. So, you know, right up your alley colors. But it's uh, when Lord Xander the Collector enters the battlefield, target opponent discards half the cards in their hand, rounded down. When Lord Xander attacks, defending player mills half their library, rounded <laughs> down. And then when Lord Xander dies, target opponent sacrifices half the non-land permanents they control, rounded down. So, <laughs> a lot of... Uh, That'll be fun. Yeah, that's like a good uh, commander where like you just get everyone to attack you if you know... if. They know that you have him as commander because yeah, yeah. he looks terrible. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else on your end on New Capina before we move into what's going to be the next set, like immediately after? They just like keep coming. Well, they are going to be coming out with the Trinome lands again. So, you know, each house oh, yep. in New Capina will have their own rare and it's a cycling land. So, and then there's also charms again. So each has their own charm with like, you know, it has three different abilities. And then you can pick one, and they're instances, so. Yep, yep, those do look cool, yeah. So that's the big thing is, uh, yeah, those, the Triome, is that the Triome? Uh, well, that's what they were in Ikoria. I don't know what these are called, but. Uh, so what I was mentioning, so, so, you know, it's always fun. We get to talk about this stuff all the time. On the other side, uh, you know, I guess it's fun and not fun, but when you have to keep placing pre-orders constantly for uh, all these new sets coming, uh, it gets kind of crazy, so I just pre-ordered already for the next set, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, uh, and it's going to be, uh, sorry, it's uh, Commander Legends Battles for Boulder's Gate, so another Dungeons and Dragons uh, set, but Commander Legends, a lot of people are saying is like, you know, some people say it's like the best set ever, you know, so this is a follow-up uh, to that, more D&D focused, uh, your thoughts, uh, have you been hearing anything about that, Luke, or are you excited for another Commander Legends? <clears throat> well, yeah, so far we got, you know, some of those dual lands that, you know, they 
they enter tapped unless you have two or more uh two or more opponents so good lands for like those multiplayer games um those are all like sitting at like 30 20 and 30 dollars it looks like um and then we got a couple previews that minsk and minsk and boo timeless heroes you know they i forgot what set they were originally on but it's the mardu um uh legendary planeswalker what he's a planeswalker in this one and before he's just a legendary creature with uh that boo that when he comes into play you get a one one hamster or i think it's a hamster yeah with trample but uh and haste <laughs> so anyways they got a, they have another version of him and then uh yeah there's not too many other ones besides the yeah. ancient brass dragon which is probably more up your alley yeah, there's a. Uh, so I was reading here um, that the public debut for this one will be online May 16th, and then they're gonna uh, preview cards through May 20th. Uh, Pre-release weekend is uh, June 3rd to the 6th. But yeah, so another commander, and uh, for us, uh, we've been talking about the store commanders. Our biggest thing here. Um, we have a pretty good group of people on uh, every other Saturday. We do a commander. And uh, we have a lot of people. Anyway, so it'll be big for us. Everybody loves Commander. I'm sure there'll be some awesome, uh, you know, uh, Commander pre-cons. Uh, and I, th I like the D&D. It's a fun theme, you know, versus uh, uh, 1920s wearing fedoras. And uh... <laughs> uh, anyways, so that'll be coming up in June. So I'm guessing uh, we'll be having some more things over the next uh, couple episodes for that one. We're gonna lose our all our fedora wearing audiences, yeah, audience yeah, members. Well, they can go. <laughs> <laughs> no offense, but offense. Uh, Luke, have you uh, seen any of the Challenger decks? Twenty twenty two Challenger decks. Yeah, actually, uh, so I went to the Lewis Game Shop, you know, as usual last Friday, and they do modern every Friday. But I just play Commander uh, with the guy, other guy I usually go with, but uh. One of the guys was using the mono white challenger deck, which and it looked pretty good. It has like elite spellbinder, faceless haven, which got banned, which yeah. I think is still works in modern. Maybe it's just banned in standard. Was that the case? I don't remember. Yeah, you got Luminarch aspirant. There's four of those. Yeah, so it's like a white weenie, and yeah, then a mono uh, white aggro. Yeah. But it's. So the crazy part is the uh, 60 cards, $123. Uh, and, you know, they're like $40 I know, yeah. decks. And uh, so then the Demir Control is the other, a blue-black uh, set. Uh, I'll just mention them all. Gruel Stompy uh, is another one. And that's just crazy. It has Goldspan Dragon. We saw that in the store because we didn't, like, look at them. And all of a sudden I got those because I must have pre-ordered. And that one comes with Goldspan Dragon. <laughs> just, uh pretty crazy and uh and then the last one is uh rakdos vampires um a couple people in the store bought uh, the demir control uh the other day and uh and then the gruel stompy ones have sold i still have both of the rakdos vampire vampires and the mono right aggro so i guess i can see where people hear what they <laughs> play towards but anyways uh those are kind of cool because we've been a lot of people here especially the newer people they only know uh commander because that's what we've kind of you know played since they started playing and so now these were a good way for them to get into you know even standard but also modern just playing a 60 card deck so 
um, we're going to start having more modern on Sundays. Um, Elves mentioned it here. I have my modern deck, that Keldotha Rebirth, you know, goblin deck. And uh, I think I have it finally. I've added two dual strikes so I can copy those Keldotha Rebirths or copy a goblin grenade for 10 uh, damage. Uh, but it's fast. It's uh, got 10 plus zero cost cards, which I pump up when they're, they're all attacking. So turn sometimes two, I can do quite a bit of damage. Uh, so yeah, I've got that pretty fast, which is kind of nice. Yeah, I think it's kind of cool to help people get into the, you know, playing 60 card uh, and standard because uh, that seems like something, at least here, that uh, it's kind of going away. Nobody's playing standard. It's either uh, modern or uh, commander. Well, even like you said, like, yeah, if they're beginners and they buy that pack or that deck, they're going to get valuable cards right away, like a gold span dragon yep. or, you know, elite spellbinder. Is that what that card's called? The 3 1? flying think, yeah. white creature that yeah so. you exile yeah. and it costs two extra yep yeah uh so you're gonna get you know valuable cards right away to your collection so that uh for news that's all i got anything else for news and then we'll see if we've uh played some games which i'm guessing we have not for magic that's about I'm trying to think with like arena and stuff um i haven't been playing much arena lately but there might have been some news on that i don't know whatever just We're play over real it. cards yeah uh so yeah i'll let you talk first because you just mentioned you were playing some magic so uh yeah so last um trying to think if we had anything cool happen i mean we might as well talk about when we played I was like just that gonna was say we should probably that was already that. like uh what three weeks ago yeah right because it was right after yep. we released the other podcast the other episode so but yeah we finally got when you came over, we finally got to play again. And uh, did you use your Exile deck both times? Or no, you played your new uh, uh, what's his name, Garak yep. deck, right? And then so, you switched out to Karth, or what's his name? Yep, so that's what I was gonna mention. So I finally, because I was a noob and I had one of my Guraks, and I played with it for a while, and nobody else realized uh, for a while that uh, yeah, it didn't say that it could be my commander, and so I had it as my commander for a while. Anyways. So it took me forever to find another uh, commander that was black green that meshed well with it. So I ended up using Karth the Lion. So when he enters, when uh, Karth the Lion enters a battlefield or a planeswalker you control dies, look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal a planeswalker card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. And the nice part is planeswalker loyalty abilities you activate cost an additional plus one to activate. So you get plus one, so uh, you know it's huge when you get plus two, or even someone it's negative. You know, it, I think it uh, for the ultimates. Yeah. So it. Uh, anyway, so then I've been adding a couple different. I added a Vraska. I still need a couple more Vraskas. So obviously, I've been trying to add some more Planeswalker. I think there's a couple of Vivian uh, with the uh, Beast uh, Planeswalker. Uh, anyway, so yeah, we played with that, and this is where I was saying the other day, I hope your memory is better than mine, because I see so much magic every day that uh, I can't remember what I played. I know, I think we split. Yeah, because I tried my enchantment deck right away, um, and I, not that it's an excuse, but I wasn't drawing enough land, and it was annoying me, but anyways, <laughs> we still, it still ended up going a little bit, because uh, you would, you used your Karth, and then you'd look at the top seven, not get anything. So I got yeah. kind of, you know, like it kind of helped delay the game a little bit, but uh, you ended up winning with um, 
you got one of your big uh, green creatures. I forget which one, but eventually I just ended up dying because. Yep. Um, and that was my problem here is uh, I've even in the recent games where I'm not getting any planeswalkers and using that ability. Yesterday, I actually sacrificed him after I got him out the first time to get two creatures from my graveyard because I kept getting milled just so I could bring him out again. And then I didn't get a planeswalker again. And now I have like uh, 10 maybe, but I want to get up to maybe even 15. Uh, so with some even cheaper planeswalkers so I can use that ability early on. Anyways, so yeah, so I won the first game and then uh, I think we switched up. Uh, do you recall what you played? Yeah, I, I think you kept playing with the same deck, but yep, then I switched I so. to my uh, uh, Kaikar, which uh, ended up doing what it does best and just drawing a crap ton of cards and then playing a bunch of instants and sorceries. So yeah, because I got that whirlwind. Uh, what is it called? I'm whirlwind of thought. So whenever you cast it, whenever I cast a non-creature spell, I can draw a card, and then you know when I cast a non-creature spell, I could create a one-one uh, spirit. Yep. So I remember I had a pretty big board state. I don't remember how I ended up uh, winning, which sucks because yeah. I mean, it was a fun game, but yeah, we were ready to talk about it more last week, but then I think we <laughs> we forget as we go. But no, well, so even we two up... weeks ago when you we were originally going to talk about it, and then it just kept getting delayed. And but uh, the big thing is, is yeah, kind of sucks we didn't play a third match because I definitely think we need to play my exile, which my exile, or I'm kind of working on my goblins again. Uh, I'm I completely switched, and I'm not going to do the scrap servant. I'm just going back to my goblins and beating it up. And uh, so yeah, I I think we need to have a uh rubber match and uh yeah and i'll use my exile deck against his kaikar is that your most powerful yeah well my enchantment deck is actually getting really powerful too i'm just i just realized like it has awesome card draw because of all those uh those enchantment enchantresses i, I forget what they're called but essentially whenever i play a enchantment or whenever i play an enchantment i can draw a card so Usually, just have a ginormous hand and have to discard constantly. But I have some bigger auras like the four, get plus four, plus four, and it becomes an angel and a first strike. But I need like a, a finisher. So I need to get like that Eldrazi, what is it, Eldrazi Constrip, where it gives it plus 10, plus 10. Yep. Uh, yep. I just need something that like ends up being like an actual a finisher. Win condition. Yeah. Yeah. Win con is what yep. they call it. And yeah, like I, I've that, never really focused on that. I'm just like, this would be here. fun. This we would be fun. We were talking about that yesterday. I, I'm more theme than anything. I'm more just along for the, you know, to have fun. And, and like, if I'm playing a, a deck, it's got to be themed or I won't. It's just, it's just not how I play. I'm more theme. You know, I just want to play for fun. I want to use cards that I like. So anyways, uh, you played some uh, modern at Lewis game shop. No, I was sat by someone playing modern. Oh, you sat yeah. by someone. <laughs> well, yeah, because they play modern there every Friday, and they oh, I, they right. always tell us they always tell me to play, and I'm like, I don't have a good enough modern deck, and so I will have to get one here soon. But yeah, Eldrazi Constriction is a uh, enchanted creature gets plus ten plus ten and has trample and annihilator too. So, and annihilator is whenever attacks, defending player sacrifices that many permanents, whether whether it's two or three or four or whatever, but. I just ran upstairs at the store so I can talk about, uh, I played my, uh, green, or my, I, I'm tired from running up the stairs and down the stairs, sorry. Uh, I played Sounds like my, you see a doctor. <laughs> my goblin deck, and, uh, against a about $600 deck, 
that was traded into the store not too long ago, the Cruxa Titan of Death Hunger. Are you familiar, Luke? What is it? Yeah, what does it do? It sounds familiar. Uh, so it's uh, one red, one black. Uh, when Cruxa enters the battlefield, sacrifice it unless it escapes. Whenever it enters oh, the battlefield yeah. or attacks, each opponent discards a card. Then each opponent who didn't discard a non-land card this way loses three life. So it's like two mana, right? Just the red yep. and the black, and, and then, then it has the whatever it's called. Two black, two red to escape. Exile five yeah. other cards from your graveyard. So he, uh, plus it's got like Inquisition of Kozilek. Target player reveals their hand, choose a non-land card, and discard it. I mean, so right away, uh, he had Raven's Crime. Target player discards a card for one. Uh, plus those Cruxas. So this is like a $600 deck, and it's really good. But we had a very, very good game. He made me discard uh, one of my artifacts that I needed early, plus my Koldatha Rebirth. And so oh. it completely slowed me down. But the game got down to, I got uh, uh, Devin, who was using the deck here at the store, down to four, I believe. And then he killed me. He was able to keep doing the Cruxa, and eventually I had no cards, so I was losing three life every time he did it. Uh so yeah, it was a really good game, uh, and so now I've, I've I've added a few things. I added another Dark Steel Citadel, which is an artifact land. So I have three of those in there now, and uh, what else? Oh, and the two dual strikes. So I think it might have beefed it up a little more. So well, I have to make a. I think we talked about this too before. I'll have to make a human modern deck, and then uh, take on the goblins. Yeah. Although yeah. if you look up like on just any magic website like deck building ones modern humans is like i should actually look it up real quick because it's super expensive yeah that's why it's funny when i say six hundred dollars a lot of the modern decks are much more but for me it's like uh if i i bet if i priced out my goblin deck it's like eighteen dollars <laughs> oh with the goblins <laughs> yeah i mean i don't have many even rares in there it's just very very fast that's actually a lot because i do have like uh not ornithopter but mem knights are like five bucks and i have four of those in there but still, it's probably like a $75 deck that has always kind of been my go-to for several years, and I kind of rebuilt it now and hopefully uh, sped it up. So when we start doing some, we're going to start doing modern, hopefully on Sundays here at Prairie Hobbies and Games. kind of matches up. Some other shops are doing Saturday, so I don't like to, you know, if they're doing it on Saturdays, we'll do ours on Sunday because we do our commander Saturday. So we'll be doing some more modern here, so I'll play my goblins against some other modern decks to talk about that but uh so here maybe i'll i'll uh buy this deck it's fourteen hundred dollars <laughs> it's, it's a human mardu deck we'll see how uh brie what brie I thinks was just of gonna that say, yeah brie don't yeah she doesn't listen to this does she she doesn't listen to this anyway i'll just put on my credit card <laughs> the one that's just in your name mm -hmm, of course <laughs> everyone uh, has one of those right uh the Anything else, uh, just because we've probably been talking a while about magic, we should uh, maybe transition into comic books. And yeah. So we, uh, being the noobs we are, we aren't going to talk about uh, the next magic series because Luke is miss missing one of the issues. So we'll do that. They are next. in at uh, Grand, Grand City, City Comics. So yeah. shout Minnesota. out to them for uh, ordering it for me. I got nine and 12. I believe so that kind of gets up caught up so yep so we'll do maybe we'll do four next time of them as long as i have mine i'll have to verify so we'll do eight is that eight nine ten and eleven or nine ten eleven and twelve 
We did eight already last oh, so uh, two episodes ago or last episode. But yeah. Right. So if we have them, maybe we'll do all four. Who knows? We say a lot of things. Uh, but I want to talk about because this goes into news. So the title of this was uh, and this is coming from bleedingcool.com. Magic the Gathering's new hidden planeswalker debuts in first issue. So a couple things in this uh, that were surprising, so uh, or were kind of interesting. Uh, since first debuting and breaking sales records, Boom Studios' Magic the Gathering comics have been making waves among fans of fra- the franchise that drove Wizards of the Coast past the $1 billion earning mark in 2021, which I was like, wow, that's that's awesome for Magic the Gathering. Um, but uh, so then it t- started talking about the the, uh, the release of Magic the Gathering Neon. Uh, and, Neon uh, Dynasty? Yeah, so hold on here. Oh, so sorry. It's uh, Magic the Gathering Hidden Planeswalker. Okay, skip that. I don't know what the neon was, uh, but it's called Magic the Gathering Hidden Planeswalker will be the first time a new Planeswalker debuts exclusively in a comic book. Oh, so he's not even a card yet. It's not like Tezzeret or whatever. Yeah, so it's so a, I it's thought a new... he got his own comic book. Yep, so if you look up, you can see previews now of Magic uh, Hidden Planeswalker number one by Boom Studios. So that'll be another one we have to... Uh, to check out but uh so this one is uh i'll just read the quick preview uh it's delve delve even deeper into the magic the gathering universe with comic and screenwriter we'll skip that uh just for now actually we'll give it uh because i didn't know how to say it Margred scott and artist fabiana muscolo uh will our heroes have many dangers to face throughout the multiverse the powerful necromancer liliana vest returns to her new home as a professor at the greatest college of Man- magic in the multiverse but she doesn't return alone. Sensing the presence of a distant planeswalker calling for help, one with the power to save or destroy entire planes puts her on a collision course with the diabolical machinations of the Tezzeret, uh, the master of metal. So, uh, it says, uh, as they understood it, uh, the hidden planeswalker one will not have a full first appearance, but rather a cameo of the powerful new character with the ability to destroy or save entire planes of existence. Uh, yeah, so it says fans of the collect- fans and collectors alike will be chasing not the first issue of the series, but likely the second one of it, which features a full first appearance and perhaps even a first cover appearance down the line. So anyways, thoughts on a, a Planeswalker, and it sounds exclusively like in the comic? Well, are they going to end up making it a card, probably? Because it sounds like it's the first one to debut on in a comic and not on a card or in a card so yeah so i'm wondering if yeah then it'll be uh anyways yeah i thought that was kind of interesting uh debuting a new planeswalker in a comic book and if it can destroy planes like maybe they're setting up a big uh, duel against urza and mishra versus this new planeswalker and urza and mishra will make up their differences into this and unify to fight this thing and yeah. there you go i just wrote it for you wizards <laughs> You should maybe throw out your email or something. Probably not your phone number so they know where to reach you. Uh, <laughs> and I'm just trying to uh, see here. In shops, April 20th. Oh, good day. Yep, yep. <laughs> so maybe I can read that on uh, 420. Uh, so that leads into, yeah, some comic book news. It was also Magic the Gathering, so I wanted to, to throw it in there. Uh, Luke, did you find any comic news so I don't have to keep talking initially for news or I have a uh, three just uh, comics that seemed uh, 
actually two comics and then one other thing that were kind of news worthy not really news but uh it's just something i kind of realized when i was reading the x-men issue nine and then just like i was watching other you know reviews of it like so the x-men they all take place in or like krakoa pretty much so there's like x-men red there's the marauders there's x-force but it's just like all these different storylines that it essentially intertwine every now and then because in this new one storms in it but she's in x-men red which takes place on the planet krakoa which you know is mars and they terraformed it so it's just like do i have to read all these different storylines to like get like small like catch smaller bits yeah like like they look like x-force looks pretty sweet and marauders looks pretty cool you know even uh x-men red it has like magneto and storm in it so it's like dang too many too many things to read that's i mean we've talked about i mentioned that in dc because i'll be talking about my three number ones and uh in all these dc comics there's always like the little asterisk when uh you know it's like issue you know where it's discussed an issue something of you know a completely different comic and so it's like you know there was a ton of that in uh these issue ones because they're talking about stuff that's happened in the whatever it's called you know the 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 word the story you know the the arc yeah the arc or the part of canon you know or like you oh, know yeah. the current the current storyline so yeah there's so much of that it kind of throws you off because they're talking about things that other people might know about because they've read all of them but otherwise i'm like what and then they're like oh disgusting issue anyways yeah yeah and, uh in 10 lives of wolverine issue four it like this is kind of a spoiler alert and i'll probably talk about it later on but uh so when he's in Weapon X, you know, like they they've told that story before, Wolverine Weapon X getting his adamantium, but the doctor doing it was like saw like a little symbiote, you know, kind of like Venom. So I was like, oh, that's weird. Next page it shows like this uh Venom like taking over Wolverine's body. So and I was like, is this part of canon now? Was like Venom originally gonna be tried to put into Wolverine? But then it shows like a little asterisk, like, see Web of Lies. Issue number yeah. five, like from you know however long ago, so I was like, "What?" And then they, anyways, and DC likes doing this too. Then they'll do a rebirth. That's my what I'm talking about, rebirth. And then there was the new Fifty Two. It's like where they like restart everything. Yeah, just yep, wipe yeah. everything out, board anyways. wipe it. Uh, so I'll just mention a, a a couple quickly here. Uh, I was looking. So what I've been doing is I go to Image Comics and Boom Studios because they're my two favorite, and I just look at uh, upcoming comics. And uh, so I saw this title from imagecomics.com. Monsters Lurk in Chilling New Horror Series, The Closet, by my favorite, James Tiny in the Fourth and Gavin Fullerton launching this June. Um, so he just, uh, so this is his first comic through his, uh, his, the first of the original comic series I've been publishing through my Substack to print. Anyways, The Closet is a personal horror story that's been living... So this is what Tinian said, uh, that uh, The Closet is a personal horror story that's been living in the back of my head for a very long time, and I can't wait to introduce it to a larger audience. In The Closet, Thom is... Thom, T-H-O-M, Thom, is moving cross-country with his family and dragging the past along with them. His son Jamie is seeing monsters in the bedroom closet and will not let them go. Uh, a little bit, so he, then he's, uh, this 
the artist of the, the setup of our story, I'm sure, will be familiar to many horror fans. Little boys afraid of the monster in the closet, but also many horror fans will know that these familiar tropes are their guide, uh, are there to guide the audience into something much, much deeper. So I love James Tynion, and uh, my favorite comics I think have all been his. So uh, I'm pretty excited for that one, and that's uh, called uh, The Closet by James Tynion. It'll be uh, Image, and it'll. Uh, be in comic shops Wednesday, June 1st. The next is another Image Comics. It's called A Town Called Terror. I don't know what's with me in uh, horror comics right now, but they both look really cool. Uh, this is, uh, let's see, by writer Steve Niles. Man, this uh, last name too, artist uh, Zyman Podransky. Uh, again, A Town Called Terror. A Message from Home, Part 1. Henry West is brutally kidnapped in the middle of the night while his wife Julie watches, terrified. Henry awakens to the reality of his whereabouts, but Julie, with no evidence of the phantom crime, is un unable to get the help to search for him. A new series from the minds of cutting-edge horror creator Steve Miles, Diamond Kudransky. Yeah, so that's another cool one from Image, and uh, that is arriving next week, April 13th, Town Called Terror. So yeah, both those horror comics, but uh, uh, definitely both sounded uh, sounded up my alley. So I'll be checking both those out from Image Comics. All right. So now I've talked a lot. That's all the previews I got. I do have one more, uh, I guess not preview, news thing I'm going to talk about, but it's kind of a mix between comics and uh, TV. So I'm going to save that until uh, the TV news. So Luke, I know you've read some comics. So how about you talk for a little bit? Yeah, so issue nine now is out for the X-Men reboot. And I've like, so I'm pretty sure I've been using uh, Dr. Stasis and Fei Long like interchangeably because I have no idea what I'm talking about, but they're two, they are two different people. <laughs> so <laughs> Fei Long we're, we're is the one old school noobs. We, I mean, that should just be noobs, like yes. on our like, uh, like a asterisk thing on the, the print uh, warning. You're listening to a podcast with two old school noobs who don't know what the hell they're talking about. Just like on the Impractical Jokers, you know, three lifelong friends. So you take it all with a grain of salt, what we say, people. Spotify is <laughs> going to start putting the misinformation symbol on our thing. Fake news. <laughs> Fake news. Uh, anyway, so Fei Long, he's the one that turned his skin red and terraformed Mars. Um, and then Dr. Stasis is the one that's trying to um, evolve mutants to the next step or the next level so anyways just to clarify that so in issue nine they kind of start off in three separate areas so krakoa phobos which is where Phalong, which the part of mars he terraform then Araco. so what the x-men are trying to figure out and they're voting on this in the beginning of the issue is whether or not to go to war with uh orcus so, and the reason I, I kind of clarified the Dr. Stasis and Fei Long thing is because they were both in the beginning of this issue, and I was kind of like, huh, yeah. Then it reminded me that I don't know what I'm talking about. But anyways, so they show Dr. Stasis, and it shows one of his new uh, new partners in crime, which uh, is one of my, one of my probably favorite X-Men villains, which is uh, Nimrod. I don't know if you remember him, but... Uh, it's kind of like a robot killing machine, the essentially. Minnesota. There's a town in Minnesota called Nimrod that I, in my drinking days, used to drink in frequently. <laughs> That's where they got the name. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. 
But uh, so Dr. Stasis, he uh, now he has Nimrod on his side. Then also remember last issue, Modak, that giant flying head thing, killing machine robot too. Like, of so course. he's on that. Yeah. So he's on their team now too. So. And. Uh, so. That was the first part of the issue. And then, you know, now Storm's in this because apparently she's. And this is where I like kind of thought of like there's way too many storylines. So Storm is like sits on like this universal chair thing of like all powerful beings to like. And she, I think, represents maybe a certain part of the universe where the humans and mutants are. But uh, they're voting on whether or not to go to war. So, yeah, then that's about halfway through the issue that starts showing let's see here oh yeah, it kind of goes it shows who i don't know if i was confused or what i read but it talks about rogue's mom oh yeah who's also like uh i think mystique's lover is, is what it, i get gathered like from a, it uh uh day uh what they call those uh during the day tv shows Soap, uh, soap opera. Yeah, yeah. maybe. <laughs> but anyway, so it shows Rogue Gambit and then Destiny. Her name is who's like a weird. I don't even know what she is. I don't. I don't know much about her backstory. But uh, oh, Destiny. She can see the future, so she knows everything that happens, and she doesn't like Rogue at all. Or uh, she doesn't like Gambit at all. And uh, so yeah, it shows them kind of fighting in a bar. On other world, I believe it is. Anyways, yeah, it's uh, it's quite confusing this whole uh, this whole run so far. This reminds me of uh, me trying initially the first time to watch Game of Thrones and remember who everybody was, <laughs> and then we're gonna talk about Game of Thrones later. Yes, Boy. they go through so many different things. So yeah, this I mean, I don't know. This issue was. Kind of confusing. They mostly just focused on them, uh, whether or not go to war with uh, Orcus. So, and then that Orcus uh, corporation or what I don't know what they are, but uh, it kind of did clarify some stuff. So it has like uh, at the you know at the central thing of it is Doctor Killian Devo, and then it kind of shows like research and development infrastructure and influence it kind of shows like the like this probably kind of like the c-suite you know like the the main people in the or the higher management so but dr stasis is in human resource and then fei long is in operations and offense so dr stasis and fei long are working together um along with some of these other people but then it shows like sociology and modeling and then culture and narrative, like, they're blacked out, so they don't, I don't know if they know, don't want to reveal who's part of that yet, because it might be, like, one of the guys I was watching, uh, Blurred with, Blurred Vision? Or Blurred Without Fear. So he reviews all these comic books, and he was thinking, like, it might be Moraine McTaggart, who's part of the, the, uh, Ten Lives and, uh, or Ten Deaths of Wolverine. So she might come into this somehow, too, so, which, yeah. So it's, uh, it's all quite confusing. <laughs> it's a lot. You, you'd have to. I think I mentioned this before. It's like I'd almost have to have a like something written down so I remember who is all who as you go, especially with the ones where you have to wait a month in between reading the next issue. 
Yeah, and that's the X Men one. I think is a month, but yeah. No, yeah, I'm like, oh, I'll remember this because this is cool. And then I try to talk, and I'm like, blah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so so my first ones. That's where uh, I, I'm going back to. Just uh, I'm not reading in a, a series here. I mentioned early on. I'm gonna talk about three number ones, and the reason is is because I had uh, somebody trade in some magic cards, which I've been getting a ton. So I do have a ton of uh, more singles here. Anyways. Uh, but they traded in a stack of comic books, and in those was a handful of uh, um, DC comics, and they were the Rebirth uh, number ones. And so there was, uh, in the stack was Teen Titans, Harley Quinn, uh, Suicide Squad, and Justice League number one from DC Rebirth, along with uh, Killer Croc. It's actually, it messed, uh, was really weird, because it looks like Killer Croc won. From the new 52 but it's actually the batman and robin comic 23.4 which I, <laughs> when i was trying to search for killer croc one i couldn't find it but it's actually batman and robin 23.4 but it's actually the like origin story of uh killer croc so anyways first i'll talk about uh teen titans dc uh rebirth the Teen Titans are farther apart than ever before until Damian Wayne recruits Starfire, Raven, Beast Boy, and the new Kid Flash to join him in a fight against his own grandfather, Ross al Ghul. But true leadership is more than just calling the shots. Is Robin really up to the task, or will the Teen Titans dismiss this diminutive dictator? Uh, so it's kind of like one of those again where, yeah, it was kind of, you know, starting uh, everything over, I believe. Um, I was just trying to look when this, uh, came out. Uh, oh, here we go. Nope, I lied, I don't have it. Oh, yeah, I do. Uh, 2016, September 2016 is when this came out. And so, I knew nothing about Teen Titans, but, uh, it just seemed like, uh, so, I was actually thinking, I was just talking earlier about both the comics I previewed were, like, horror comics. You know, which is kind of my thing. So these were kind of a little bit lighter, at least two of the three. Um, so yeah, Teen Titans. Uh, it kind of goes through. We meet uh, the different people that, you know, presumably will be in the Teen Titans. So the first is, uh, and they show them, like, doing different things. So we got Beast Boy. He looks like he's out partying. And then you see somebody, like, looking down on him. And uh, as he's partying, uh, he's hooking up, or I think uh, trying to hook up with a girl in a pool. All of a sudden... Uh, he turns into a huge shark to scare her as a joke, but she doesn't find that very cool and uh, is going to leave. Lame. And Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden he gets uh, shocked, though, by this person, and they say, one down. And then we see Starfire. Uh, she's in uh, the Caribbean, and it seems like she's trying to track down some, uh, some bad uh, people down on this uh, Caribbean island. And uh, as she's doing so, same thing happens. Somebody comes up behind her and... Uh, shocks her so then she's you know presumably kidnapped and then uh we see uh raven uh a girl she's in uh, like a i think it's like a mu uh, art museum and uh she must frequent there uh but uh, uh she actually looks like she uses her power as an empath to just let her be able to go to this uh uh into this museum um anyways it kind of shows each of their what's going on with each of them so we had raven and then the last is, uh, is it Kid Flash? I believe is the last one. And so we kind of see what each of them are doing. And then, so you're kind of assuming, you know, then he gets, you know, shocked eventually. 
uh, and uh, then they show all of them like in these their arms and legs bound like in this machine, you know, and you're assuming it's going to be somebody bad. Uh, but the reveal at the end, a spoiler, it's from 2016, but uh, it's Robin, who's, uh, he said, you're probably wondering why I brought us all together. And uh, so he was the one bringing them together to be the new Teen Titans. So that was the end of that. Uh, I didn't mention this before, but my thought was, I'm going to reveal at the end of this, which one of these I would prefer to continue reading. So that was something. Stay I was tuned. Yep. So I was just, I was curious about, after reading X-Men 9, like, who's Rogue's mother, actually? Because I was like, I don't ever remember this Destiny person being her mom. And I don't know if they switched the canon up, but... So apparently Mystique adopted Rogue at some point in the storyline, but it doesn't say anything about Destiny, so I don't know. Maybe we'll show more in the coming issues, but... Or I have to reread it again, because I'm dyslexic, <laughs> I swear. But, uh... What yeah. do you got next? All right, so the next one is the 10 lives and 10 deaths of Wolverine. They're starting to make sense now. So in 10 lives of Wolverine, he's being sent back in time with rogues, or not rogues, but uh, with Jean Grey's ability to, like, I don't know how he how it happens, but he goes back in time to prevent Professor X from being assassinated. And Omega Red is, like, he's uh, taking over bo uh, people's bodies as, like, a ghost, and then... Like, so in the first issue, Omega Red takes over, like, the gardener for Professor Xavier's parents, and then he tries to kill him there. And then X or Ten Lives of Wolverine just shows him kind of various times and places trying to take out uh, Professor X. So, but yeah, Wolverine's being sent back, you know, through the powers of Professor X and, uh, and Jean Grey. So, and actually, at the end of issue three, Omega Red takes over Wolverine's body somehow while Wolverine's still sub, you know, like, conscience is in that body. I don't, it's, again, it's <laughs> kind of weird, and it's a comic book, so anything can happen, essentially, right? It's the best part. So, yeah, so then he's about to go take out uh, Professor X, so we'll see who comes in and saves the day. Nice, nice. And then uh, 10 Deaths of Wolverine is... A Wolverine from the future sent to stop Moraine McTaggart from taking out mutant, taking out mutants for good. So that in issue three of Ten Deaths, it has uh, X two three. Is it uh, Laura Kinney, the new, you know, the female Wolverine, and then it has Scout, who's a, a clone of Wolverine, and she only has one claw. You know, X two three has two claws. And then Dakin's in this too, which is Wolverine's son, who in Ten Lives of Wolverine almost gets taken out by uh, from Romulus, uh, one of the old one of uh, Wolverine's vil uh, nemesis. So yeah. Anyways, they're they're starting to come together, starting to make more right. sense. And the Ten Deaths was like at first just Moraine McTaggart a ton, and now this like phalanx phalanx, forget what it's called, but. Uh, Wolverine from the future is now trying to take out uh, Moraine McTaggart. But yeah, it's getting pretty good. There's only two issues left of both because there's only ten. So yeah, at the end of uh, ten deaths of Wolverine, Moraine takes out which 
apparently is the last mutant and it looks like wolverine but it's not him so yeah because he's at the end like this guy's like did did wolverine just give up question mark and this is this is a guy that looks like wolverine talking so yeah it's kind of confusing but then she takes out that guy who looks like wolverine and you know essentially it was the last mutant on the planet so yeah another confusing storyline <laughs> not milk toast <laughs> Well, all right. So next, uh, I'm going to talk about Harley Quinn Rebirth number one. Uh, and so I think I read a Harley Quinn number one earlier, I, and it wasn't this one. So I think this is my second Harley Quinn number one, because I remember having one on a back shelf. But who knows? I read too many comics. Uh, so this one uh, is, uh, again, Harley Quinn number one Rebirth from 2016, I believe, is I'm assuming the same as the other one. Uh Die Laughing Part 1. Welcome back to Harley Quinn's crazy world on Coney Island. Now get ready to wave goodbye, because everyone there might just get eaten alive. Harley's got to protect her neighborhood against an all-out zombie apocalypse. Break out the chainsaws, everybody. Uh, so, uh, I started, so this one starts out, it's, uh, uh, very, Luke, you might want to look it up. Very provocative. They're in, uh, getting a massage and, uh, in a hot tub. Um, and you know how comic books are. Uh, but they're just talking about what's going on. Um, and uh, so at one point, Ivy says, how's uh, owning a building and uh, owning a business and two buildings going? Uh, so, yeah, so apparently uh, Harley is a entrepreneur and uh, thinks she wants Ivy to stick with her, but she's going to do her own thing. And so this whole issue is it's kind of a cool way to do it. Uh, after that, uh, she's trying to, like, bring in or recruit a couple new people. Uh, and so then it gives a quick backstory, you know, it talks about how she, uh, you know, uh, was kind of fell for the Joker and, you know, came to be Harley Quinn. So it does a little backstory as she's telling these kind of, you know, introducing herself to these, these two recruits. And then she shows her, uh, her friends and she's just got like a million different friends, uh, different groups of friends. Uh, like this one's the skate club sisters. Uh, and then we've got. Uh, what are these guys called? Uh, the Coney Island Freak Fest in Burlesque. And she shows all her friends, and it's just a pretty colorful cast of people. And uh, and then so we meet these uh, these couple uh, people she's bringing to her team. I can't remember their names. I'm guessing it says it here somewhere. But, uh, and so as she's talking to them, we see in the background, she, at one point she's like, how's your uh, peripheral vision? He's like, if you're referring to the insane looking bloody people heading our way, I'd say my peripheral vision is pretty good. And so they have a bunch of uh, zombies all of a sudden coming at to them as they're, you know, she's doing this, uh, you know, uh, trying to recruit these people and doing this whole little spiel for them. And then it says 98 hours ago, and we see this uh, thing crashing into a field by a bunch of cow cows on a farm. And it's like this alien thing that, goes into one of the cows and then all of a sudden the, the cow gets uh you know brought in and uh the scoot bossy uh get it the get it the gas and then it's uh showing them as it's pushing them into a, a um uh, into the place to be processed and then we see the whole process as they they you know we see it screaming from the outside as it's uh getting you know uh processed into meat and then we see it getting chopped up and we see it turning into hot dogs that are then sold on this coney island where 
she lives in. So it's in like hot dogs and all these people are enjoying them. Police officers and a horse and birds. And all of a sudden they're all turning into zombies. Uh, it's because they have whatever this uh, uh, this uh, alien thing was that crashed. It was in the meat that they're all eating. So then we see uh, her along with these uh, two other people fighting zombies. Uh, my favorite part is... Uh, I get so the thing is too, uh, and I remember this from the last time I read a Harley Quinn comic. I I giggled at least four or five times to myself because it was actually pretty funny. Uh, but the one guy has bit on the arm, uh, and he's like, uh, "Damn, damn, damn! Oh God, my arm!" And she's jumping with her knife, and she's like, "I'll save you!" And he's like, "Holy bleep!" And uh, she cuts his arm off. And uh, he's like, oh, God, what have you done? Because I'm saving your life. You said it yourself. You could get infected. And uh, he said, I said, we have a chance to get infected, a chance. And so right away, she chops his arm off, and they have no clue. And she's like, oh, sorry about that, pretty much. <laughs> so <laughs> then she's trying to save him. And uh, the only way to save him, because ever, uh, she's, they're like, oh, the police. Oh, they're getting eaten by the zombies, too. Uh, she has this catapult thing, and she tapes up his arm and puts him on that. And she's going to catapult him to safety. And, uh, then, uh, his name was Red Tool. Uh, she's like, Red, can you hear? So she launches him off this catapult thing off the top of the building. It's like, Red, Red, can you hear me? Well, he's passed out, uh, flying through the air. So that's how it ends. So anyways, uh, uh these Harley Quinn ones are always just, uh, yeah, they have their humor, which you sometimes need in comic books. So that's one of my three number ones I read. I'll talk about this one quick. It's uh, again, this is one that threw me off. It was Batman and Robin, uh, 23.4, but it shows as Killer Croc one, and it's a sweet, like hollow. I don't know if it shows through to Luke, but a like hollow, like 3D cover on both sides, even the Batman ad on the back. And uh, nice. so it's it's in the middle of uh, so the little blurb is actually for Batman 23.4 Killer Croc as the battle for Gotham City continues to build continues to build the scales become unbalanced when the ferocious killer croc enters the fray and so we see initially some uh, uh fbi or swat agents down in a sewer looking for something and then it's one of those things where it just keeps going back it's like all of a sudden then 26 years ago we see like the killer killer croc with uh, i think it's his aunt um trying to scrub the scales off of him and he's got little horns and everything and she's pretty much calling him a freak and he has no parents then it flashes back again and uh, all of a sudden these SWAT guys are this huge thing of waters, uh, flashing through and, uh, then uh, killer croc shows up and, uh, you know, they're just tearing them all apart pretty much. Uh, again, and it jumps back again and it just kind of shows his life. He was joined a, uh, like a freak show kind of thing. He was fighting crocodiles, um, and, uh, was kind of getting kind of screwed over there. And again, it shows now, so it keeps doing this, showing how we got to today. Then they're just uh, slowly just, just killing these SWAT people. Uh, and it gets to the point where there's these people down in the sewers that are even attacking these SWAT people. And, uh, uh, you know, the, there's two left, and they're like a couple, I uh, believe. And they must be known, I'm assuming, maybe in the Batman-Robin world, but I'm not familiar. But uh, in kind of what it leads to is uh, he has this whole uh underground world that he's creating and it's it's really because he was pushed to it you know everybody just kept knocking him down and uh, now he's a he's got a uh you know he's part of the battle for gotham city and he's got a pretty 
tough uh, force. I mean, especially underground, it seems like they couldn't be stopped. So that was the Killer Croc uh, one as part of the new 52. Uh, and so if I had to pick one of those three, I think I would continue with Harley Quinn just because I like uh, something that's, you know, can make you chuckle along with the action. So if I had to choose, even though if I could, I would read all three of them if I just had the time and I had all of them. So that was my three number ones. That's the problem with all these comic books. There's just not enough time in the, yeah, yeah. In the day. <laughs> well, so that's why you got to watch more TV. So my last uh, thing that's comic heading into our last section uh, is Irredeemable, which I know I've uh, talked about. It's another Image uh, Comics uh, story. It's one of my uh, comics that I have the, the, uh, the first volume of it that I'm going to read here soon. Uh, when the gods... When the world's most powerful and beloved superhero, superhero, the godlike Plutonian, inexplicably begins slaughtering everyone on Earth, the only person that could stop him is his former arch-nemesis, the super-powered villain Max Damage. Unwillingly thrust into the role of savior, Max must uncover the Plutonian's mysterious past in order to discover how to bring him down, but can he discover what made the Plutonian go crazy before his own degenerative power, superpowers cause him to lose his mind? And I lied. Uh, I do remember I read the first issue of this and talked about it on the, the podcast. Uh, this is going to be coming to Netflix. So uh, I don't know if it has a time frame, but uh, uh, yeah, so that's one coming to Netflix. So I uh, I think that's one you may like as well, Luke, because uh, this one reminds me a lot of Invincible. So um, we're going to be talking about Invincible. Might as well jump into it. We already mentioned it. You and I watched i you know i kind of kept mentioning i have the whole big omnibus and i've read the first like half of it and i'm probably gonna start over and read it again now but anyways i love invincible it's by robert kirkman who's you know the walking dead fame it was his superhero comic and uh yeah it, it's great it has like a i think a, i don't even know it's a cult following but uh luke give me your thoughts on invincible i'm more curious about that because one thing i'll just mention uh and let's try to obviously avoid spoilers since it's pretty new but uh there's a lot of blood uh, and I know you're not a big, huge fan of all the blood and gore, and this has a lot of it. Your thoughts? Is this pretty new? We can spoil it, right? Like, I don't know. I feel like we can. So, yeah, spoiler alert, because okay, yeah, I okay, was watching yeah. the first episode, and just it was a typical like animated superhero vo- animated video, and I was like, oh, this is pretty sweet. And then at the end, when uh, <laughs> Omnius just destroys the whole Omni-Man. like. Omni-Man just destroys the whole, like, Guardians of the Galaxy, or what were they called? I already forgot. Yep, yep. And he just, like, the one guy, he, like, takes his head and squeezes it, and then, yeah, brain matter everywhere, and and I was just like, what's going on? But it's like, oh, so it'll be this type of of show. It was a huge cliffhanger at the end of one. Yeah. so let's just, uh, and again, if you want to move this back or the, the quick blurb from Amazon is it invincible is an adult animated superhero series that revolves around 17 year old Mark Grayson, who just like every other guy, his age, except his father, he so he's just like every other uh, guy, his age, except his father is the most powerful superhero on the planet, Omni-Man. But as Mark develops powers of his own, he discovers that his father's legacy may not be as heroic as it seems. So that's how it kind of starts is. He all of a sudden starts getting his powers. I think he like throws a bag of garbage into space when he's working at a restaurant. And he's throwing his the garbage away, and so that kind of sets off everything. Once Omni Man realizes that his son now has powers, because uh, 
Yeah, so it kind of goes from there. We see, so it's just a kid wanting to, you know, he has a girlfriend, you know, he has normal everyday things, but all of a sudden he has superpowers. He's getting beat up by a, a bully, you know, and, and all yep. of a sudden he, you know, he is the one of the strongest beings in the world. So he's just trying to live his life as he's becoming the superhero. And then, yeah, bad stuff starts happening. And there's, uh, then they show, my favorite is all the, the bad guys in this universe. You know, there's, uh, uh, yeah, I can't remember all the names, but, you know, there's the two twins. Uh, you the know, clones. those guys. Yeah. And, uh, so. Yeah. I'm the and, original. You're the, or, you know, like they yeah, keep arguing yeah. who's the original. <laughs> yeah. And then one who must be the original, like kills them eventually because they get too powerful and then just creates another one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, and I like in that when they show Mark after he gets, his, you know, the bully that kept, keeps picking on him, you know, one day after Mark gets his powers, he's just like, hey, don't mess with me. Like, I'm not in the mood for it. And then he just lets him like punch him in the face until he like <laughs> wears out, you know, wears out. And yeah. then he's like freak. And then he runs away. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's uh, yeah, it's a great, I mean, that whole series, as we said, I watched it too within a week or a week and a half. I mean, it's only eight hour long episodes, but uh, no, it's great. There's a lot of different uh, crazy uh, bad guys that, you know, show up in each one that they have to fight along with this, you know, this crazy, you know, cause nobody knows, you know, that his dad, Omni-Man, did this. The whole thing is, like, who killed the uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy? There's that demon guy who's, you know, trying to solve it, and people start to wonder, you know, uh, you know, you know, looking at Omni-Man, uh, and, you know, Mark's just going about his day, you know, having problems with his girlfriend, trying to, you know, become a superhero, and then we meet the new Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, so that's kind of cool, too, and they even do a tryout, and, you know, then we see them as they grow in this first season. And, and then they're the kind of cool like, they like to party, they, yeah, you know, yeah. like, they're just all about like, you know, going to the fight the battle and come back and yep. party, you know, because they're all younger. But one of the guys like we have to watch the tape, you know, kind of yep, like after yep. a basketball game, yeah, or he's football a football game. He was a former actual guardian of the galaxy and now he's like lost his powers, but uh, is a robot suit. Them. Yeah, but uh, no. So and then the cool thing was, is at the end, it like wrapped everything up and it showed you. Do you remember that there's these the problems that are coming? You know, they showed. The guy and, uh, you know, the two twins going into prison, but, you know, they're going to get back out. They showed the, uh, um, uh, what the heck were the other ones? Uh, the guy creating, like, the rock monsters. There was, uh, well, there was even the, you know, the good guys seemingly creating all those, like, uh, when they, they reanimate the dead into those, like, robot guys. You know, and there was a whole big room full of those. Uh, you know, there was the different people in space, like there's some sort of aliens, but Those there's like that. all these bad things, you know, cause they're like, so what's next? And he's like, I don't know. You know, maybe like, he's just, you know, he's planning on just going to college and it's like, yeah. nope. In yeah, New York happen. or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I like when, uh, so those aliens that kept invading and like their time moved, you know, a lot faster. So they yeah, would age. Yeah. Forgot about that. And, yeah. Those uh, guys were cool too. Omni man, like, cause, uh. Mark, what's it's invincible like he couldn't take him out and like he got pretty beat up by it and yep. omni man just like flies into their universe oh, <laughs> or their world and just destroys it like yeah there's just annihilates like, everyone living, yeah there's people just doing their everyday thing on this planet and he just flies through the buildings and everything's just exploding and you know then he just shows up back at home and he's like oh what's for dinner yeah i got a shower <laughs> yeah yeah the, the mom's always like uh you know where's dad and he's like oh he just went into another universe and he's like oh so he'll be home a little late but you know yeah. he's like you're not worried <laughs> like no it's just another tuesday yeah <laughs> but yeah i can't wait till the the second season of that um 
I finally finished Lucifer. I'm not even, it just, it uh, was great series. I want to read the comic now of Lucifer. Uh, so uh, it, that one too wrapped everything up great in the last, uh, I think it was eight seasons. Uh, so I've talked about that a lot. Um, just in the interest of time, some other things uh, I just wanted to meet, mention. We beat AJ and Tyler in hockey. Uh, we did. Yeah. Yep. They so, beat us twice, but we beat them once. So yeah. that's all that matters. Yeah. But yeah, what was the old, uh, the hockey saying from the Olympics? Uh, oh. It only takes the one time. They may be. We us. may play them ten times and lose nine. Yeah. Not it's tonight. Just, yep. And that was our, our time night. is now. Their <laughs> yep. time is done. Yep. And now I feel after me bringing this up on the podcast, they are going to destroy us every time in the future. But we won one time. Yes. Uh, another thing I was going to mention, because you have the Switch. You need to get Mario Kart. Because at the store, we've been doing battles. And I love Shine Thief. Uh, that's my number one. But there's Coin Runner. It's just got a bunch of battles. And they are so fun. And we play on the Switch. So so that's one thing I've yeah, been I'll have playing. Yeah, to get it. I, uh... When they had this, the Mario sale going on, we got the Mario 3D because that's what the kid kids wanted. And I should have known better and got Mario Kart because, yeah, Harrison has it, too. So he was saying that we'll have to get online soon and uh, play some Mario Kart or something because AJ yep. has it, too, and get a fun time going. Uh, this uh, just briefly we should have mentioned earlier because it should be in the news. But uh, House of Dragon, I was telling Luca, comes out August 21st. So we watched the trailer. It's set 200 years before. The last game of the Thrones, it's fo- uh, Game of Thrones, and it's focused on obviously the House of Dragon. And I'll just do a quick: uh, the show will focus on an inf- infamous event in Westeros history, known as the Dance of the Dragons. This is a civil war that took place between siblings Aegon II and Rhaenyra over the throne after the death of Father Vis- the I. The war will pit all of Westeros against itself, with other houses such as the Starks and Lannisters joining either side. Many of the House of Targaryen's powerful dragons perished and soon afterward would go extinct until Daenerys Targaryen would hatch three eggs a hundred years later. Uh, anyway, so we'll focus on an infamous event and we watched the trailer. Uh, you finished it. I started it like five times and got through the third season and my, just the way I am, I have to redo it. So I'm going to redo it after seeing this again and hope to get through the whole series because I have it. Uh, your thoughts after watching the trailer? Yeah, I mean... I think Game of Thrones is probably my top five favorite uh, TV shows. So, yeah, it's uh, I'm pretty excited for this one. Like, I know everyone complains about, like, the last prize season of Game of Thrones because it kind of got, I don't know. I think after so many seasons, you just get kind of sloppy and I don't know. But although I will say the dragons in the last, I think probably last season or last two seasons were pretty awesome. So, um. Yeah, and I think they're Targaryens, right? Is that who the the dragons are? I forget, but uh, and yeah, then, it looks uh, uh, pretty sweet. And if it's you know more dragons, that's all the all the better. Yeah, and then there was actually a couple others that uh, other works are in the prom. Uh, they're doing a uh, something called the Sea Snake, a series about Carlos Valerian, the greatest seafarer in the Seven Kingdoms. Uh, they're doing 10,000 ships. The story of a warrior queen, Nymeria, is moving forward with Amanda Siegel as showrunner. And then, yeah, so there, there's more and more coming out from, uh, from Game of Thrones. And so I'm excited about that. Uh, last thing I'm going to mention is, uh, I mentioned this to you, Jeff uh, Hardy showed up in AEW. I'm still loving my AEW. I didn't watch last pay-per-view. And so that really threw me off because I just like to continue the storyline and I, 
I missed it, and you know, obviously I couldn't watch it, but I finally got back into it. And uh, Jeff Hardy is now in AEW and tag teaming with Matt Hardy again, which pretty sweet. And Paige Van Zant from UFC showed up too, uh, and is now in AEW, I believe. So, uh, and I'm like three weeks behind, so I'll catch up. But uh, yeah, those are pretty. Sweet well, things. yeah. Speaking of wrestling, I watched uh, well only Saturday of uh, WrestleMania because we have Peacock, and also. Uh, I was pretty interested and I I've started like I watched a few back raw episodes and uh but yeah WrestleMania on Saturday Cody Rhodes came back and had a match with Seth Rollins and you know I don't know I didn't see the matches on Sunday obviously but that that was probably the the best match on Saturday yeah Cody Rhodes in AEW man he gives it like a million percent every match I mean his last match in AEW I told you about is a ladder match against Sammy Guevara I believe and the stuff they did in that match was just epic. I mean, you should go back and that was his last match and they, you know, went all out. Uh, but yeah, yeah, the WrestleMania, I missed it. I've seen some, uh, you know, uh, uh, clips and things uh, and seen some things that happened. So, well, I, I did I get back. It, I got back in time on Sunday because I had hockey. So I missed, you know, most of it. I got back in time to watch Lesnar and Reigns. They basically just did their big moves to each other. Like, Brock did a few suplex suplexes and uh, Reigns speared him probably like eight times. And then like the ninth time he did, he pinned him. And <laughs> but it like they didn't really it, it was a crappy match. I don't know. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty bummed. But uh, I'm sure there like it sounds like there was a good tag team match uh, that like was pro- they said was probably the best match of oh, Sunday. Yeah. I saw the RK, I saw a thing on Twitter. Uh, Matt Riddle RKO my from the yeah. top. Yeah. Yeah. Top rope RKO. I saw that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was pretty sweet. Matt, yeah, Matt Riddle's character is funny on there because uh, he's like, "Yeah, I kind of got dry mouth and my eyes are a little, <laughs> a little dry." And, and uh, Randy Orton's like, "Yeah, I th- that's not normal." Or no, he's like, "Yeah, that seems normal," because <laughs> you know he's always yeah. high. Apparently, those two are know. yeah, they're a great. Uh, you know, I did. I was watching it as they became a team as Matt Riddle kept uh, wearing them down, and so yeah, they have an awesome dynamic. But I haven't been watching it as much, but. Uh, we were going to talk about, but I'm just going to say next, uh, we'll do a coming next uh, in episode 21. We're going to talk about the boys because I'm reading the uh, the comic. Luke has started watching the series and we hear they're already season three coming out. So we're behind. So yeah, season three in June, I think comes out. So I might have to binge it before then. And yes, yeah, so we'll see how much I can read and Luke can watch. So we'll talk about that. Uh, so in the comics and um, movies next week. So yeah, until episode 21. Uh, go play some games, everyone. Yeah, and we'll definitely uh, record before June, hopefully. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this promises like... you can't keep. That's true. <laughs> All right, yeah. Until next time, go play some games.